الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدين النصيحة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students, mothers and sisters We just heard one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Very very concise hadith And which encompasses everything in it Allah's Nabi Islam says Ad-Dinu Nasiha Ad-Dinu An-Nasiha The Deen, what is Deen? Now when we hear Deen Then we know that Deen is the most important thing in our life And we talk about the Deen one follows Then it's an entire way of life There is nothing that is excluded from Deen from morning to evening, from the time a person wakes up till the time a person sleeps, and while he is asleep also, he is governed by deen. He is governed by this way of life that he has adopted. And there is guidelines, there is guidance for him in every aspect of his life in deen. So Allah's Nabi is saying, Ad-Deenu An-Nasiha. And what is this deen? What is the key element of this deen? So the key element of this deen and the fundamental aspect of it is an-nasiha. Now the word an-nasiha, one is the meaning that we perhaps are more accustomed to. In Urdu it is used in the same manner Nasihat, give somebody some nasihat Even in English it's common It's used in the meaning of giving advice <coughs> So that is one meaning of nasiha Giving advice And this is something that we should always be Engaged in Giving advice, taking advice And we should always have the heart To give advice also, to take advice as well Give advice in the correct way, in the proper way, in a way that will win somebody's heart, not in a uh, manner that will disgrace somebody or degrade someone. So you must have the heart to give nasihat as well, because that is true friendship. Many a times we think that uh, I am somebody's friend, or somebody is my friend, so therefore, I must not tell the person anything that you are doing this wrong or this is not supposed to be done because uh, I am his friend or he is my friend. So how can I tell him? So that is not friendship. Friendship requires that we help the person towards his benefit. And to help the person towards his benefit, this will come via giving the person advice, giving the person nasihat. 
So nasihat is something that we should be very conscious about, giving nasihat also, in a proper way nevertheless. We have discussed this on many occasions. The manner of giving nasihat, just to touch on it again, Allah Mashabi Rahmat Usmani Rahmatullah in his words, Haq baat, haq tariqe se, haq jazbe ke saath, be asar kabhi nahi jati. That what we are saying is the correct thing, we are saying it in the correct manner. The manner is correct. It's not done in a way that is going to run somebody down. In public now, we are telling somebody certain things which are going to be embarrassing now for the person. Even though we are saying it in a very sweet way, but we are saying it in front of others. That you did this was wrong, you did that wasn't right. So that's going to embarrass the person. So you do it in the right way, you say it in the right words. And haq jazbe ke saath, with the right intention. The intention also, this is my fellow Muslim. And what I want for myself, that I must progress, my dunya and akhirat must be made, then that is what I am desiring for my fellow Muslim brother, for my fellow Muslim sister. So on that note, how I can help the fellow Muslim brother, the fellow Muslim sister to progress in life, so that his deen, her deen also, her dunya also may be made, that is why I am assisting by giving this nasihat. So the intention must also be correct. Solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala this is being done. There is no ulterior motive. It is not something to now, that's an opportunity now to say something against a person. So this is the one part of it. So we should have the heart to give nasihat. And we should also have the heart to accept nasihat. And when accepting nasihat, then we don't worry about trying to dig into what is the person's motive, what is the person's intention, why is the person saying this. What we should solely focus on at that time is, what is being said, is that correct? I am being told something, what I am being told, is this the right thing? If it is, let me accept it. Then, it's not for me to worry about why the person said it. Why he said it, that's between him and Allah Ta'ala. If he said it with the wrong intention, that is between him and Allah Ta'ala, he'll have to answer. But if I can take the benefit of what he's saying, because what he's saying is correct, he's guiding me with something that is to my benefit, then all the rest of it is not my business. I must take that in nasihat. Hazrat Maulana Rashid Ahmad Gangoi, one of the very, very great personalities of the recent, of the last century, and the fountainhead of our school of thought. So he used to receive some very abusive letters, extremely abusive, vulgar, from people who were just bent on just creating mischief. So one such person used to regularly write letters like these. Hazrat Mawlana Yahya Khandalwi Sahib Rahmatullah who was the father of Hazrat Sheikh Hadith Mawlana Zakaria Sahib Rahmatullah the author of Fazail Amal, his father Hazrat Mawlana Yahya Sahib, he was the personal attendant, the khadim khas and it was his job to read out these letters and then whatever answer Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah will dictate, he would then write down that and send it off. Now these kind of letters used to come in between, so he would start reading them, now what does he do? He has to read it out. In any case, after some time, one day Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah asked him that for a long time our friend hasn't written to him, 
written to us. Now he's referring to this person who was writing these abusive letters. He's referring to him, our friend. So Hazrat Mawiyahya Sahib Rahmatullah understood who he's speaking about. So he said, Hazrat, what? Uh, so he then mentioned that Hazrat, actually his letters have been coming. That for a long time, I didn't read those letters out, but his letters were coming. I was just taking it and putting it aside. So he said, why were you putting it aside? You should have been reading them to, out to me. He said, what is there to read in there? It's full of vulgarity. And it's full of just uh, abuse. And all totally baseless. And there's no, no, nothing in it. So what does one read in such a thing? So Nguyen Rahmatullah said, no, you must read it. When I listen to it, I listen to it with this intention that in the middle of all this, perhaps something may come up and something may come out of his pen which could be a means of benefit to me. Some, something he might say which I could take a lesson from. Whereas thus far nothing has come. At the moment it's full of abuse, it's full of vulgarity, it's full of all total nonsense as we may say. But... He is still saying, well, the person addressed all this to me, so I will listen to it. But in all that, maybe some way out of all these things that he has written, this total filth that he has written, one line may come through which might be a source of some advice to me. So I am looking for that. Now this is a heart to take nasihat. That somebody who is abusive to him, somebody who is vulgar to him, but he is saying, maybe this person, something he may say which might be of benefit to me, I must take that also. So this is what it means to have a heart to take nasihat also. And that nasihat, sometimes we may get it from the, from the source that we can least expect. But if we take it with the right mind, we take it with the right heart, we take it in the right spirit, that could become a source of great benefit for us. But if we close our heart and mind, this person... He is totally away from me. I have got no link with this person. Then I am not going to listen to anything about him or anything from him. We will lose out. The great Sahabi Abdullah bin Mas'ud his son, Abdul Rahman, once one person came to him. And Actually, the person came to us, Abdullah bin Mas'ud The narrator of this incident is Abdurrahman, the son of Abdullah bin Mas'ud So he says, one person came to Abdullah bin Mas'ud and he said to him that, teach me something, something very concise and something that will be of great benefit to me. Teach me something. So, Abdullah bin Mas'ud the great Sahabi, he replied and said, number one, Number one, worship Allah Ta'ala, don't commit any shirk, don't ascribe any partners to Allah Ta'ala. This is the foundation. Without this, nothing can work. Nothing will be of any benefit. So have this foundation correct. Worship Allah Ta'ala alone and in anything, don't ascribe any partners to Allah Ta'ala. Anything. The being of Allah Ta'ala and His attributes, don't ascribe any partners to Allah Ta'ala. And then, He said, wherever you are, Walk with the Qur'an, meaning live the Qur'an Sharif. Wherever you are, live the Qur'an Sharif. Not only that a person is in the masjid, then the person is living the Qur'an Sharif, and the person is outside, then the person is living something else. If the month of Ramadan comes, the person is living the Qur'an Sharif. 
And when the person is outside the month of Ramadan, the person is living the life of the West. This is not the way that a person, a mu'min, continues his life. A person lives the Qur'an Sharif wherever, wherever he is, whenever, whatever time of the year it is, the person lives the Qur'an Sharif. Now the holiday season will come. What does the person live then? In Madrasa, the person lives the life of a student of deen. And then comes the holiday season, then the person lives the life of something else. Then this is not something that uh, behoves of a mu'min. We go to live the Qur'an Sharif everywhere. Now there's a mixed gathering, there's some fair taking place, there's some bazaar taking place, everything is all free for all, but we have to be part of it. Now, this is not living the Qur'an Sharif all over the place, at all times. So he said, live the Qur'an wherever you are. Whether it's holiday, whether it's not holiday. Whether it is Ramadan, it is out of Ramadan. Wherever it is, whenever it is, live the Qur'an Sharif. And thereafter he said to him, وَمَنْ جَاءَكَ بِالْحَقِّ فَقْبَلْ مِنْهُ وَإِنْ كَانَ بَعِيدًا بَغِيدًا That whoever comes to you with the truth, somebody gave you some advice, somebody invited you to the truth. Now for example, somebody said, that uh, maybe advising regarding one's dressing, that look, this kind of garments is not correct for a Muslimah, for a Muslim woman, you know, these jeans and all this is totally out of line in terms of Islamic culture. This is not the libas of taqwa at all, it can't come anywhere close to it. So avoid this, this is something not to be worn by a Muslim. So, now the person who is saying this, what is he saying? What is she saying? She's saying the reality. She's saying something correct, something truth. Or the person is saying that it's time for namaz now. Let us go for salah. Let us perform our salah. We shouldn't delay our salah. Now there's giving one advice. So now people were sitting, azan took place. They were all involved in something else. And now the person is reminding us that look, delaying our salah is not the thing. Especially women, as soon as the time comes in, we should perform our salah. Delaying salah is something uh, severely warned about in the ahadith, especially when it comes to, for example, asr salah. Nabi Wasallam gives a very, uh, very, a, an example that is not, that gives a very great warning in it. When Nabi Wasallam says that this is a salah of a munafiq, that the person delays that salah towards the end of time, and now when it is almost time, you know, elapse, the person comes, and for nakara nakratan, now the person starts pecking like a hen. In other words, quickly, rough, in a haste, the person just up down, just touching the ground, in sajda and up again, because now the time is all, end of time. So this Nabi Wasallam is giving a very, very frightening example. That this is a salah of a munafiq. Allah Ta'ala save us. So especially women, as soon as the time has come in, or oh, we've heard the azan that is now more than enough time that has passed already, immediately we now hasten towards salah. We don't delay that salah anymore. And this is the first thing that is to be made an effort on. Our salah comes right, then everything else will start falling into place. And our salah is not given the due importance. Now let us carry on. We're sitting and talking, so we carry on talking. We're busy in some work, so we carry on with the work. We're busy in some other activity, that must carry on. Now we looking at the time, well no, there's still only, there's still 20 more minutes left for the time to expire. 
20 more minutes left. And especially in the case of Asar, then the last 20-25 minutes, it already comes into makru time. The last 20 minutes or so, already comes into makru time. Now that namaz was makru, if it got delayed that long. So, that is not the way that we should be approaching salah. Get the salah in order. The salah comes right, then other things. Now we are trying to advance academically, greatly and so on. But our salah hasn't come in order. We want to learn maybe big, big kitab sometimes. But we are not making any effort on our salah. Or we want to maybe give big discourses somewhere. But we are not making any effort on our salah. We want to write some articles somewhere. But we are not making effort on our salah. Then we are missing out on the very fundamental. So this is something that on a general note, now for example, this, we were just talking about it as an example that somebody told us, let us now perform our salah. Now he's giving us, or she's giving us some nasihat. This is something which a mu'min should have the heart to take. Now this is the lesson that Abdullah bin Mas'ud is giving. That if somebody comes to you with the truth, or somebody spoke about, now he said clothing, or salah, or somebody advising us, look, this kind of talk is not correct, or this kind of use of the phone, or misuse, or abuse of the phone, this is wrong, don't do this, or this activity, or this kind of chatting, or this kind of behavior, somebody is advising us, we accept it, we must have the heart. He says, وَإِن كَانَ بَعِيدًا بَغِيدًا Even if the person who brought this to you is a distant person, you have no relationship with the person whatsoever, you don't even know him from anywhere. Or بَغِيدًا is a distant person, and he's even somebody you hate, whatever the reason may be. He's your enemy. But he's your enemy, you hate him, but he's told you the truth, then accept the truth. Accept it. This is a sign of humility also. This is a sign of tawazo. And to reject the truth, when it comes, no matter who it comes from, or to find some, now somebody has said something, so you jump immediately. Somebody has said, uh, that, you know what, we shouldn't be wearing this kind of clothes. But what you were doing, last week I saw you, what you were up to. Now what the person said was the truth. What the person was up to is another issue. At this occasion, when the person said something of good to us, gave us some advice, and now we are immediately bringing up that person's fault. That person's fault is that person's fault. That doesn't make it right. But, this is a way of attack is the best form of defense. Now that person told us something, so rather attack that person, so now we'll ward him off now. He won't now tell us anything further. So we are actually now refusing to accept the truth. First accept this. Then on another occasion, now you advise that person also. You know, last week I saw you, but now leave it for this. Now we digest what that person is saying. Yes, the person is saying to us what is our benefit, what is good for us. We accept it. This is a sign of a clean heart. This is a sign of humility in the heart. Otherwise the pride comes to our defense immediately. And the pride will find fault in the next person now. The pride will start looking for skeletons in that person's cupboard. So pride is a very, very fatal sin. Pride is what was the first sin ever committed in the universe of Allah wa ta'ala, where shaitan said, Ana khairum min. And that pride got him because this was the first ever sin and such a terrible sin, it got him rejected forever and ever. So don't, we should never allow this pride to become a barrier within us. 
Rather get the pride out and adopt the humility and accept the nasihat that anybody has given us. So Abdullah bin Mas'ud is giving this advice. فَقْبَلْ مِنْهُ وَإِنْ كَانَ بَعِيدًا بَغِيدًا And then he says, وَمَنْ جَاءَكَ بِالْبَاطِلِ فَرْدُدْ عَلَيْهِ وَإِنْ كَانَ حَبِيبًا قَرِيبًا And if somebody has tried to distract you from the truth, somebody has brought batil and come, somebody is telling you to now do something wrong, then don't accept it. Even if the person is very close, the person is very beloved, don't accept it. Because you accept the batil, you're going to go astray. You accept the batil, you're going to do something wrong. You're going to go away from Allah wa ta'ala. So even if a close person too is inviting you towards something wrong, then let us do something this, let us now get up to some kind of mischief for example. We'll go to some place which we, now the person knows this is wrong to go there. Or let us do something, for example, let us try and uh, play a prank on somebody for example. Now to play a prank on somebody is giving taklif to someone. And to give taklif and to give harm to somebody, hurt somebody, this is a major sin. So now somebody is inviting us to do this kind of thing. So, no matter who the person may be, that person is not our friend now. We now, very nicely, politely, we say it clearly, that look, this is wrong, I can't be part of something wrong. Then the person gets upset, don't worry about it. Allah Ta'ala is pleased with you then. Because you are doing what is right. So now, nevertheless, we, we, we branched off from here that somebody is advising us, then we take the advice. And if somebody is inviting us towards wrong, then we don't go anywhere close to that wrong. This is the aspect of nasihat. So, in any case, this was not exactly the topic, but this came from the word nasihat. The other meaning of nasihat, which actually is the meaning that is applicable here in this hadith sharif, ad-deenun nasiha, where Nabi Islam says, deen is well-wishing. It is advice also. And well-wishing is actually the root of advice. When a person is giving advice sincerely, then the root of that advice is also well-wishing. So therefore advice is also included in this. To be a well-wisher. This is what deen is all about. So now we just understood earlier that deen is everything to us. Deen is everything to us. And the core aspect and the core element of deen is to be a well-wisher. And if this is missing in our life, then what is left? So we got to have this, our heart filled with becoming, with this wishing well for everyone, anyone and everyone. To the extent that it is the worst kafir, the worst disbeliever, we must be a well-wisher for him. As long as there is life, we must be hoping that inshallah, Allah Ta'ala give this person hidayat also. The worst disbeliever. After all, this is what was in the heart of Nabi Wasallam, And therefore he undertook anything and everything possible to try and bring the most severe enemies also towards deen. Towards Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Hazrat Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala an, who was responsible for the martyrdom of the uncle of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was very hurt about this. He was very grieved over this. But 
Nabi Wasallam is sending message after message to Wahshi and inviting him towards deen. And the eyes of the Quran Sharif are being revealed, which Nabi Wasallam is sending this message to him. The lengthy incident, we may have heard the incident on many occasions, but the issue is that this also was out of well-wishing. And Nabi Wasallam was still so pained over the martyrdom of his uncle, that after Wahshi accepted Islam, then to Nabi Wasallam advised him, again out of the same well-wishing, that avoid coming in my direct gaze. Because when I will see you, I will think of my uncle. And when I think of my uncle, that pain will be revived. And for you to become a source of the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala being pained won't be good for you. That was actually the reason why Nabi Islam asked him that if you can, that please don't come in my direct gaze. Not because Nabi Islam had anything against him, but out of well-wishing for him. Because this is something uh, beyond human uh, control. If some feeling comes, some grief comes, some pain comes, it's not in a person's control that pain shouldn't come, that grief shouldn't come. So this will happen. So now it wasn't in his interest, in Hazrat Bashir Lam's interest, that Nabi Islam sees him and involuntarily pain comes into his heart. So that was how deeply pained he was, but yet he wanted Islam for him also and brought him to deen. Now if for the worst kafir also we are supposed to be having this heart full of well-wishing for him to the point that we want him to come to deen, come into Islam. We are hurt about what he is doing. We are pained about it. But we still wish good for him in the sense that he is also coming to deen. He must also get saved from the everlasting doom of the akhirat. Then if the person leaves this world without iman, then that's the end of it. But as long as there is life, there is hope, we will wish well for him. We will wish well for every creation of Allah Taala. And this is such a great thing, such a great thing, that woman who was a woman of total ill repute, a very, very sinful woman, and she wished well for a thirsty dog. Incident is well known to all of us, that she took out her sock and she tied it with a scarf. She was an immoral woman of the time. And she lowered that sock. Even that immoral woman of the time wore a scarf. In that time, even the immoral woman also wore a scarf. Woman of terrible repute also wore a scarf. She didn't have her head uncovered. What is the position in today's time? We know well. So, in any case, she took pity on that thirsty dog. She wished well for it. And that well-wishing for that dog made her bring out water from the well and feed that thirsty dog. This became the sabab and the means of her hidayat. And Allah Ta'ala turned the tables around and granted her hidayat and she then gained jannat. She was from the Bani Israel. But what was this? This was that well-wishing. Hazrat Jarir ibn Abdullah Bajali radiallahu ta'ala an. The incident is very well known, famous. He sent somebody to go buy a horse for him. The servant went, did the deal for 300 dirhams and he brought the seller to come and collect his money. When the seller came, Hazrat Jarir ibn Abdullah Bajali radiallahu ta'ala an, he seized the horse and he says to the seller, will you sell it for 400 dirhams? That the deal was already done for 300 he just needed to pay him the money and let him go. He looks at the horse and says to him that will you uh, 
take it, uh, sell it for 400. Person said, very good. I was ready for 300. You want to give me 400? Why not? Then he looks at it and says, you want to sell it for 500? The person is surprised. He says, well, very good. 600, 700. He finally says, you want to sell it for 800? And then he pays the person 800 dirhams and sends him off. Now the servant says that I already closed the deal at 300. Now you went and raised the price for yourself and you paid him 800. What was the reason for this? He said this person didn't know the value of his horse. He was ready to sell it for 300. But the true value of this horse is 800. I know the value. And I had taken bay'at on the hands of Rasulullah And the bay'at was that I will be a well-wisher for every Muslim. So my well-wishing for this person was to give him the true value of his horse. So though I lost, so to say, outwardly uh, looking at it outwardly, and on that note, I lost 500. But I didn't lose anything, because I was a well-wisher for a Muslim. And I did what I had committed myself to with Nabi Wasallam that this is what a Muslim is all about. That a Muslim always wishes well for everybody, and for everything. And that well-wishing will make him want to have the wish the best for everybody. And part of this well-wishing is to take the person towards the right things. Not to take the person in the wrong direction. That is not well-wishing for somebody. Then we are wishing ill for someone. If we encourage somebody to do the wrong, we encourage somebody to join us in something that is incorrect, then we are being somebody who is wishing ill for the person. There is one hadith in Shamayla Tirmidhi, a lengthy hadith, where one day Nabi Wasallam came out of the house, it was a very hot part of the day, nobody comes out, then Abu Bakr came out at that time, Hazrat Umar came out, Nabi Wasallam asked them, that why you came out now? The crux of it is that they were experiencing the severe pangs of hunger and this brought them out of their homes Nabi Salaam said, I am also in the same condition imagine severe pangs of hunger so severe that at that part of the day when nobody comes out due to the severe heat they had to come out of the house, maybe something whatever, they might get to eat something so in any case Nabi Salaam walked with them in the process they came to the house of uh, Abul Haytham just to come to the main part of the incident, he, alhamdulillah, was extremely overjoyed that Nabi Salaam has come and Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar Laun has come. He entertained them, he brought some dates for them, then he gave them some water to drink, then he went and slaughtered one sheep and brought, cooked the meat of that and came. So, after all this, Nabi Salaam then said to him that when some slaves come along, then you must come, I will give you one servant, one slave. So, in any case, he came after some time some slaves had come. Nabi Salaam gave him one slave as a gift. So he brought that slave and came. But when he was leaving, Nabi Salaam said to him two things. That look, uh, first he said, the main thing he said to him on this occasion was, was bihi ma'arufa, that treat him well. Treat him well. Take my wasiyat, my advice of treating him well. So in any case, this Sahabi brings a slave and he comes home and he says to his wife, Nabi Salaam gave us this gift, the slave. In other words, now all our work will become lighter. The slave will help us out. And then he informs his wife that Nabi Salaam said, Was tawsi bihi ma'arufa. 
that must treat him well. Now imagine that here comes a slave. In those days, the slave was owned by the person, unlike the servant. The person doesn't own the servant. Servant is not our property. So, in any case, the slave was owned by the person. And now, all the difficult work, etc., now the slave will do. And much of the work which the wife had to do now, she would not have that difficulty anymore. The slave will do it. But she is being informed that Nabi Islam said, Was tawsi bihi ma'rufa. That take my wasiyat of treating him well. Treat him kindly. So she says to her husband, Look, Nabi Islam gave you this advice that you must treat him well. You cannot fulfill the right of this advice except in one way. In other words, you want to really fulfill this advice 100%. If you do other things, you treat him well, you feed him well, you clothe him well, you don't take too much work from him, then you're treating him well. But you still haven't fulfilled the right of what Nabi Islam said 100%. 100% can only happen in one way. And that can be that you free him. You set him free. That you are no more a slave. You are a free person now. Go. Then you have fulfilled the rights of that advice of Nabi Salaam 100%. So this is my advice to you. Now who is saying this? His wife is saying it to him. She would have had the greatest benefit. That she would now not have to do all the difficult work. All the hard work, hard labor that she was doing. Now the slave will do. But when she heard this was the advice of Nabi Wasallam, she says to her husband, you want to do this, fulfill the rights of this 100%, only one way, free him, set him free. So he also had the heart to accept the wasiyat and the nasihat, the advice of his wife. He didn't say, my wife is advising me, who is she to tell me? He accepted it wholeheartedly. Nowadays, forget husband saying, who is my wife to tell me? Many complaints come that the wife is saying, who is my husband to tell me this? I am a free person. I run my life. These kind of things come up. So she gave the advice. The husband accepted it. And he immediately said to that slave, You are free. He's free now. He can go. So they set him free. He went away. He's no more owned by them. The next day the Sahabi comes and he says to Nabi Wasallam that this is what happened. I went along with that slave. But my wife gave me this advice that you want to fulfill the advice of Nabi Islam 100%, there's only one way you can do it, set him free. So we set him free. He's gone. Nabi Islam then said that every Nabi and every vicegerent of the Nabi, of Allah wa ta'ala, and whoever came after the Nabi, and every person who Allah ta'ala is blessed with deen is a vicegerent of the Nabi of Allah ta'ala. Then Allah ta'ala, whoever he has sent, then there has been these advisors to him, these hidden advisors, and also the outward advisors. One is that advisor that takes him towards his good. That takes him towards Allah wa ta'ala. And the other advisor, now the advisor would also could be the malaika, that they keep inspiring us with good. And also human beings who take us towards good. So this is bitanatul khair, the good advisor. And then there is the bitanatul su evil advisor. This is shaitan also. And then there are human beings as well. So in other words, Nabi Islam was saying that, look, you are very, very fortunate. You have a wife who is a great advisor to you, who is a very good advisor to you. And otherwise, 
there are people out there in the world who are evil advisors, who take a person towards wrong. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, The person who has been saved from the ill advisor has indeed been saved from a great calamity. Because the person who gets caught into the traps of that ill advisor, now that ill advisor had got no well-wishing in the heart. That person will teach one how to do the wrong. That will teach a person how to run away from namaz. How to duck and dive things. How to try and cover up one's faults. And the good advisor will say we must accept the nasihat. We must accept the well-wishing of others. We ourselves must be well-wishers. We must guide people towards the correct thing. Don't get caught up in the things that are incorrect. So Nabi Islam is saying the person who gets saved from the clutches of the ill-advisor, that person got saved from a great calamity. So in other words, this person's wife was being praised that indeed what a wonderful thing she did and what a great thing she did that she advised her husband towards that which was of great benefit for him in the dunya and in the akhirat. So this is a very brief understanding of this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu nasiha. That deen, deen is advised, deen is well-wishing. That a person always has a heart that is filled with good wishes for everybody. Whoever and whatever. But the good wishes are there. Sometimes somebody has hurt us, we still be a well-wisher for that person. Yes, we are pained, we are hurt, that is human nature. It doesn't mean that if we wish well for somebody, then we become immune. It will happen that we are human, somebody said something to us, somebody did something to us, we will feel that hurt, that's human nature, but we still wish well for that person. That Allah Ta'ala give this person hidayat also. Allah Ta'ala guide this person to the correct thing. Allah Ta'ala give this person also the best of dunya and akhirat, and enable this person to progress in akhlaq, in deen, in everything. So that well-wishing will still remain. So this is what is for us to inculcate within us. These are the qualities that we have been taught to bring within our lives the aspect of well-wishing. For the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala, anyone and everyone, according to whatever the situation is, we will wish well for everybody. May Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq of adopting this great quality of well-wishing making this a part and parcel of our life, may our heart be filled with it, and as a result, may we receive the blessings of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu, wa laka ashukru kulluhu, Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk, anta kama athnayta ala nafsik, jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan, sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu, rabbana ghalamna anfusana, wa illam taghfillana, wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin, رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد 
اللہ عظیم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين